We're spending close to five hours on our phones and it's getting closer to passing the amount of time that we're sleeping. So the time we love to waste is not wasted time. Hey, welcome back to a Rest, Eat, Move podcast. Uh, hope you enjoyed the last podcast. If you haven't, it was a replay of a presentation I did on eating for better mental health. This is Matt Johnson today, back with uh, my father, Chris, in the studio. And as we continue this October mental health awareness type of month, um, and our conversation is around mental health and stress and the nervous system, this podcast is going to be titled, Can You Be With Yourself? And I think we're both passionate about talking about this as we work with clients that maybe come to see us about nutrition or exercise. The observation many times is that the nervous system is out of balance. And we see that when we try to create stillness or ask about the amount of stillness. And people continue to say, well, I'm not comfortable doing this. I'm not comfortable laying still. I can't breathe that. And so we thought it's an important topic. I think we have some cool stats to share. Um, and we're not trying to solve anything today. I think we're just trying to think differently. And that's what we want you to do today is maybe think a little differently. Maybe ask yourself, are you spending enough time with yourself? Are you, are you focusing and are you able to be with your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions? Do you avoid your fears? Do you hate uncertainty? Um, these are some of the things we're going to talk about today. So welcome. Um, can you be with yourself? You're pretty good at being with yourself. <laughs> I think your mother would say, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty himself. good with himself. <laughs> he doesn't need a whole lot except for food and some sleep and a little movement. No, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty content with myself. So, um, but yeah, I think this is a great topic because we've done training in the past where we bring groups in and we lay them down to do some breathing exercises or um, way back in the day with Dr. Phil Nuremberger, we're working on some sleep. And, you know, I remember we were sitting in the room one day with Dr. Phil and he goes, watch what's going to happen here. And I'm like, what's going to happen? He said, in about three or four minutes, some of these people are going to start twitch. They're going to start twitching because they couldn't calm their mind and relax their body. So it's really a, an issue. I think it's more than ever before. And this is one of the reasons why we're talking about it today. Yeah, I think I always think to, uh, and I've said this before, I think about Forrest Gump and, you know, the, what's the movie about? Probably everything. But one of the things that always stood out to me is he's content with being Forrest Gump. He's confident in himself. He's, he likes being with himself. He can sit on that bench and talk all day. And, and I, you know, I use that and I ask you know, people sometimes, like, if you had to sit in a, on a bench, would you be uncomfortable? Just sitting on a bench. And I think many people are uncomfortable. And when we go through some of these stats right now, I don't think it's really a, a surprise. It's, it's been a train going downhill a long time. I would say um, we're going to talk about social media today. I think that's a big component of it. So um, before we get into some of that, I, you know, I think about the nervous system. We've talked about it. I don't think we can talk about it enough, but you got two ends of the autonomic nervous system that we've discussed. You got the gas pedal, which is the sympathetic and you have the break which is the parasympathetic but if you break those down let's just say they're two they're two sides of this of a coin heads tails um, yin and yang and so if the gas is always on that can lead 
for many people to this feeling of anxiety or, or fatigue. And in that case, the answer is the strategy is we got to, we got to pull it back. We got to be calmer. We got to quit running around. We have to start focusing on being introspective inward. But the other side is if the break is always on the parasympathetic, in most cases, people need more of that. But in the case of depression, that's where depression lies. Withdraw. I don't feel like doing anything. I'm not motivated. In that case, we kind of have to get off our, our butt and get moving. So I want us to start with that today is when we talk about mental health, we're not trying to diagnose severe mental health issues, uh, but we are trying to really help people with some of these more subtle uncomfortableness uh, mental health cases, whether it's uh, a low-grade anxiety or a low-grade depression or um, being nervous or uh, not being able to focus or sleep or calm the mind down. So, and, w- and if you want to call that mindfulness, you can call it mindfulness as well. But I thought that was a great place to start today because um, I think that's the root cause of why we can't be with ourselves. Well, again, I, I, we've talked about the nervous system a lot, but I think sometimes people really need to be reminded what it is. And you do have this autonomic nervous system with a sympathetic nervous system being the gas and the parasympathetic. What, what would you tell, break. like, what would you tell as at six years old what the nervous system is? Well, the big thing I would tell Ez is that to help him, because he's probably, the gas is going all day long for Ez, right? So I watched him play football a Saturday, and he's going to probably be a good football player. But he likes to move, and he likes to be active, and his mind's going 900 miles an hour. But how do we get him to calm down? So that's where breathing can come in. But, but what is the nervous system? The nervous system basically is how your body, it's like the, the wiring, and so the wiring is electricity. It's like it's the energy of through, running through the body. So his energy is really, you know, and you said you said this many times, but the sympathetic nervous system, or when you look at anxiety, many times it's it's the fear of, the, you know, we're worried about the future, and then depression's the past. How do we get back into the present? And that's hard to do. So it's really interesting to watch uh, my grandson play football, because probably the most I've ever seen him in the present is when he's playing football he's really engaged he knows he needs to get the flag he when he gets the ball he's running for you know but he's fully engaged he's not looking at the sidelines when we watched him play baseball last summer all the kids are not engaged because again it's not interesting to them so I think that's the problem we see with adults many times is it's hard for people to stay in the moment and people talk about this all day long but how do you do that and when we're in the moment that's when time disappears We've all done that in things in our lives, and that's some of the things we crave the most is like, wow, I, I, wow, the time just flew by. Well, it's because you're in the moment. Time that's, and space isn't really Yeah, so that's, that's the hard part right now is how do you get people to be more you know, intentional about quieting the mind and, and getting back to staying in the moment? Yeah, uh, because I think, one, our attention's being hacked. It's being absolutely hacked. And so in Ez's case, I think, or everybody's case, you know, the great example is he can actually focus very uh, fiercely when he's got his attention grabbed. Yeah, when we're cruising down, when we're up north and we're going down the the road and I'm talking about the the tractor house and going to the tractor store, he's looking at the big rigs. He's all engaged, fully engaged. And like you said, he's super smart, super sharp, but 
then all of a sudden here comes the squirrel and the squirrel's over yeah. there and you know and that's and penny. that's just what our society is it's it's a, our uh, attention is being hacked i think that we're you know um our brains fragmented you know it's all over the place and i think we don't focus on what's in front of us i think we're constantly focused on what's not in front of us and that creates this um What's well, interesting? Lack of skill to be with ourselves. Right, and so I was presenting last week in Minneapolis, and I'm in the back of the room, and you've done this a hundred times, and I'm watching the presenter in front of me, and I don't. There's not a break, and so I'm looking at how many phones are underneath the table, and I would say fifty percent of the room has the t- phone underneath the table, so my goal was to try to grab their attention. And I came out, I did it a little differently, but I told a story right from the beginning. And as soon as I told that story, and again, you know, we did the movement stuff and got them up going and the, the music's blaring and all that. But I kind of came out and I thought, you know, I'm going to tell a story. And it just kind of hit me. And I told the story and I'm like, you could see the intention just completely, people are full engaged because we, you need to grab that attention right away. And unfortunately, that's, you know, so, but yeah, we're frag- fragmented. We're fragmented. So I thought to myself, and then, and then I had them the whole time. Yeah. And so that's the challenge we face today, especially when we're, as a professional speaker, you have to get up there and you're like, okay, how do I grab their attention? After and, an eight-hour meeting. They yeah, got- they're tired. They're, they're, you know, and I was the last speaker of the day. And there's nothing between me and the, you know, and, and the fun. Well, so, that, that reminds me, uh, I was, uh, you know, we've done 650 webinars and and you're I think you're optimistic that people are paying attention on the other end of the camera but the difference is you don't have the body language you don't have the cues but I put myself in the other side of that equation um, and I have many times but I was I signed up for this webinar on a topic that really could benefit uh, the business and my intention was high I was ready to engage and you get going there virtually, and so you're watching something on your computer or your phone, and I mean, there's so many temptations, and there's not any of those other cues. So after five minutes of this lady introducing herself and telling about where she comes from, and I was bored. I'm like, I, I have better things to do with my time. And so it was the temptations, it was the environment, it was the way that the information was be presented, and so it just made me realize that there is a fragmenting happening in the culture that there's some pros of it. There's some pros that I can sit and get any amount of information that I'd ever need at my fingertips. But if you don't know how to practice the skill of being present when you need to be, and I think back to school, the no one, no one really taught me through K through 12 how to sit still and pay attention to geology or geometry. I could care less. Mm-hmm. But if you told me about Michael Jordan and his stats, I mean, I could rattle these things off in two seconds. I'd watch a full, full game and watch it over and over again. And I think that's the challenge we face with information today is you have to make it engaging and, 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 and fun. And I think, I think there's a lot of people doing that. Oh, I think I that's too. why YouTube and social mm-hmm. media is so engaging. It's very... But it's short. It's quick. It's it's in and it's, out. And it's getting shorter and shorter mm-hmm. and shorter. Yeah. And, you know, Dr. Phil um, shared with me this graph on, so if you think of the spectrum of focus, and I, I find this extremely fascinating, on one end is interest. How interested are you in something? 
you're going to focus on it. If you like red wine and someone's talking about you're fully engaged, if you're not interested in red wine, you're not going to pay attention. The other side of the spectrum is fear. And I think that's really interesting. The problem is people think, well, that fear is a good thing. No, that creates this tunnel focus. You're not aware of other things. And so this, this interest focus, you're much, you're, you're much broader. You're, you're able to kind of pay attention to other cues. And so, and in between is what people are so fearful of is boredom. And I, you know, honestly, I think, uh, and we'll get to this in a second, but I don't think boredom's a bad thing but I, I see people avoiding boredom more than ever before. And so what's the, what's the challenge with being with yourself? Well, it's probably because you're trying to avoid boredom. Well, I, I wrote this in there. I wrote it in my book, but the time we love to waste is now wasted time. And you can't say that enough of people like, oh, you know, I got to be busy. got to be productive. I got to do this. I got I to gotta work harder. No. We were, I was just training one of the guys here, and he went to a spa, um, and one of the things he said, the, the workouts weren't very demanding. But I said, how did you like it? And he goes, I really enjoyed the workouts. So instead of being a hard-charging, crush me in the gym, the workouts were a little bit lighter, but it was not there to go stimulate my sympathetic nervous system. It was to help rein me back a little bit, create more rejuvenation by movement. And sometimes I don't think we think about that with movement. We, you know, we talk about restorative movement of how powerful that can be for the mind versus just let's go harder in the treadmill and lift heavier weights or whatever. So I think that's the big thing people have to understand. If you're like a type A personality, your sympathetic nervous system's all on day long, we don't need you to have a harder workout. We probably need to have a more of a relaxing workout. And, 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 and to create that balance that nobody likes to talk about. Right. So, you know, if I'm not looking at my, you know, heart rate variability and I'm looking at how I'm getting crushed and my wearable, then I feel like I've wasted my time. And reality is, no, it's a great way for you. And we always talk about this. One of the greatest benefits of moving your body is what it does for your mind and how it can relax or wash the brain. And I think sometimes if you're listening to this right now or watching this, you think about your own workouts. Do I have a, a few of those plugged into my life where I do have some relaxing type movements that are not crushing me and you actually look forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes back to anything where you're trying to, okay, I'm trying to self-improve. You know, I think that's becoming a little bit, um, overused, but when you're thinking about self-improvement, you probably need to do a little bit of what you don't want to do. So if you're attracted to going and playing hard and working out hard and results and you probably need a little bit of the other. And if you are not competitive and you're not interested in pushing yourself and you're okay with just kind of being calm and chill, you probably need a little bit of that, you know, competition and, and pushing yourself because both ways lead to, I would say, complacency or some outcomes that are not good. I think one of them's fatigue. Sure. So if you're hard charging, at some point fatigue's gonna kick in, right? Or or burnout. And you're seeing it. And then, then real issues, now we have to make a change. Well, let's, let's try to change before we get there. But the other side is with this withdrawn, and you hear about this quiet quitting, and you hear about this lack of engagement at work or lack of passion in, in life. And again, this is, this is what we're talking about today. Let me share with you a couple stats, because I think, I think technology is like an amazing gift, and I think technology will continue to enhance our lives. But when we talk about 
you know, technology sabotaging our attention and focus, it's not the device like the phone. So the phone isn't the problem. The vehicle is the phone, but what's on the phone is really what's becoming the real issue with our attention. And it's, again, it's not all negative, but 33 uh, minutes on average we spend on Facebook, 52 minutes on average on TikTok, 30 minutes on average on Instagram, 29 minutes on average on YouTube. The average person spends two hours, 27 minutes on social media a day. Not all of that's bad, but 15 years ago, that number's closer to zero. And when you think about what are we doing there, well, and there's documentaries, and I'm sure everyone's aware of this, but we're creating this dopamine dependence, and we're getting the dopamine from something that's actually not real. You know, it, you might have conversations with real people, you might have a community and connection, but it's not, it's not really how we were designed and built. And so these platforms know the neural cir circuitry kind of like a slot machine. Oh, for sure. So yeah. it's, it's a slot machine. And so when you think about dopamine and the ability to not be with ourselves, it's a lack of, we're not hitting that trigger fast enough, that dopamine trigger. And it creates this dopamine deficit state. And what does that mean? How do you know if you're in a dopamine deficit uh, state? There's, there's many things, but one of the cues is, let's just say you're s scrolling the internet or scrolling social media and it doesn't feel that good. Like you're not getting a feedback where you feel, oh man, I feel amazing. And it's not, do, it's not creating any action. There's nothing that's happening, but you keep scrolling. And that's kind of what I f feel from people is like if they're not busy, if they're not productive, if they're not d being distracted in some form or fashion, then they're like, well, I'm bored. And that's, you know, I, I just find that very fascinating and I think a big problem. And, and so I was looking at my phone. Um, I got 56 text messages yesterday. Uh, my kids use my phone as the disclaimer, but my phone was picked up 120 times. So that means I unlocked or moved, touched, you know, unlocked or locked my phone 120 times. Um, I think I average two hours and 29 minutes this week, closer to three hours on a typical week. And um, on average, humans right now are spending about five hours on their phones a day. Yeah, think about that number for a minute, that five hours a day. I remember you said to me a couple weeks ago, and I asked this question to the audience the other day, how many of you like to get eight hours of sleep? And I remember you saying, gosh, everybody was going crazy. Like, of course I'd love to get eight hours of sleep. But think about that. Why can't they get eight hours of sleep? Something else is taking the time. So you just said five hours of, of. So we're close to passing screen time to sleep time. That's unbelievable. So we're, we're at what, six, six, six and a half hours of sleep. sleep. And we're close to five hours of screen wow, time. I guess I didn't know it was that high. So if so it, where's my phone at? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, <where you're>, I, <laughs> you were again. You were blessed to grow up where you, you know, you like to say this in your late twenties. Twenties is when you develop some really strong habits. Mm -hmm. And so if you were dependent on your phone in your twenties, like the culture is now, or many people are now. Um, those are well, going to be habits that we're going to be tough to break. Well, it was interesting. We were playing golf the other day with some really close friends of mine and um the guy that i'm playing with is on his phone the whole time my phone i don't even know where it's at. it might be in the car or whatever <laughs> i don't know where it's at so he says to me um you know you need to start playing a little better and i said well it'd be nice if i had a partner he goes well i'm playing great i'm like but 
you're playing great. We're not, we're team, team today. So you're not even you don't even know what I do on the hole. You're yeah. not even you're just Did complete, you hit yet? Yeah, you don't even know if I've hit yet. You don't know if I birdied it. You don't know if I double bogeyed it. You know, so hit him like well. I need to do this. I'm like, well, no, you don't. If you want to get into this, so it's it's kind of that awareness. I think it really begins with a little bit of self awareness. That am I really on my phone that much? Am I really that disengaged? And many times the answer is yes. And that's where it begins, in my opinion. Yeah, self awareness. You gotta you gotta want this. This is. Uh, can you be with yourself? I think that again, we're not trying to fix anything today, but think about that. If I put you in. A situation could be in nature, could be with some amazing environmental things. Can you be there? Can you be with your thoughts? Can you be with your feelings? Can you be with your emotions? It could be playing around a golf. You know, in between shots, you know, you may think is boring. Well, it's all your perspective, you know, perspective well, on the and situation. You've heard me tell a story years ago, but we went to the Grand Canyon, did the rim to rim and I remember going up the north rim which is extremely steep if you've never been to the Grand Canyon rim to rim but the north rim's just fantastically beautiful super steep but I'm really nervous because the elevation and the 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 cliffs and everything else is real and I see about five or six people riding donkeys up the north rim and I stop and I started looking and they were like like over here and I'm looking at them, I'm like, who in their right mind would be on a donkey riding up the North Rim? Because if you fell, if the donkey falls, you're dead. And I ran into the park rangers the next day, and I said, hey, i got to ask you a question. Riding donkeys up? He goes, the donkeys are the most chill pill animal in the world. They're very sure-footed. They don't get spooked. Horses have no chance. And I'm like, I never knew that about a donkey. And then I wrote in my book about the sloth. The sloth, you can't speed up a sloth. In fact, the way the sloth survives is being slow. And I'm thinking, what can we learn from the donkey? What can we learn from the sloth? But I never knew that about the donkey, that it's so sure-footed. It's so, it doesn't get spooked. It's very relaxed. You know, what is in the DNA of a donkey? What's in the DNA of a sloth? And how can we take that, you know, that thinking that, how do we slow down? I mean... Yeah, I think I think do that. I think we're in a uh, result culture. I think we're in a hustle culture. I think we're like just more in a survival than a thriving situation right now. Um, I'd like to, you know, coin this when I talk about this is like to do more. You actually have to do less. And I follow this uh, this guy on social media that he's got a great podcast, and his thing is like everybody's kind of like, I got to do this side hustle. I got to do this work. Like I'm going to try to get all, but his, his point is, is if you just focus on the one thing, it actually going to exponentially be better than the three things. And I think we have this FOMO, this fear of missing out in, in all aspects of our life, because we've created this hyper awareness of everything going on in the world, you know, whether it's things we see or like, we're just more exposed and so what's in front of us really is what's real. And for most of us, we're not paying attention to it at all. And then when we have to pay attention to it, we don't like what we hear or feel or um, the emotions that it creates. You know, one of the things I've done over the years, and I've tried to do this almost every session, but when I take a, a person and we're doing individually training and they come in and we'll talk and 
pleasantries, what's going on in your life and all that stuff. But I try to slowly get them to let their mind disappear for an hour. So I get them to focus on what we're doing. We're, we're, we're having fun. We're doing whatever. But it's all about that. And they all, many times they'll come out and they're like, this is exactly what I needed today. It wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't anything special. But it just took their mind from being so, you know, so 9,000 different thoughts, whatever, just to focus on that one thing. And it, and it does. It truly washes the mind, the brain. And I think that's what people sometimes miss when they're in the gym. They're so focused on what do I got to do over here and what do I got to do over there. You're missing the whole purpose of moving your body. And I think that's when we talk about movement, I think that's the greatest thing for mental health is how it can get you back to doing one thing. Well, and so, so if you, for me, I like to listen to music when I work out. I find it to be motivating in a sense of like it kind of gets me in a mood. I mean, Lately, I've been listening to Neil Young. Neil Young is not for everybody in the gym. Sometimes I listen to house music, which is not for everybody. Again, so my, my spectrum is very vast. But if you haven't just gone and exercised lately with no music, listening to how you're breathing, focusing on your thoughts, your phone's not with you, it can be a very amazing experience, but it also can be not what you're looking for you mm -hmm. have to be self right. self kind of motivated and paying attention to different things and so if I ask somebody is it windy outside and they don't know well they're not paying attention you should be able to know that because you probably were outside or are the you know if did you listen to the leaves you know crashing into each other so these are the things that I think we've gotten so away from we love to look at fancy pictures on the internet or cool videos but, the, you know, this stuff's around us at any well, moment. Your mother and I were up in the UP celebrating our anniversary. Um, Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Upper Peninsula. And um, we saw these waterfalls, Sable Falls, Minor Falls, Taquaman Falls, whatever. But in some of the busier ones, there's more people. But the other ones, there was nobody. And so we just closed our eyes and you just listened. You could hear the water coming down and then going down and it was like oh my gosh this is incredible if you just stop for a minute I remember my mother way back in the day she used to take us outside and we lay down in the grass and look up in the clouds and that's I mean how many times when was the last time you laid on your back in the grass and looked up at the clouds and what what you're looking for is like just takes you back it calms the mind relaxes the body but nature's incredible but that's such a wasted time such a wasted time but here I am talking about it, you know, 55 years later, you know, when I was probably 10 years old. So, yeah, I mean, again, a, another example I was and exercise can be um, really powerful for mental health. And we do it for many, many releases and there's different forms and fashions. But um, I think this is more common than not common. But I saw this 18 year old uh, kid, a guy. Um, and he was like two feet from a mirror with his phone taking a selfie. He was not aware of anything around him. Um, obviously, this was important to show to his followers or community that he was in the gym. And I think there can be some positivity in that. But it just made me think, like, what if he was just with himself? You know, he's thinking about how to take a, a, a photo Versus how can I 
really calm my mind or stimulate my nervous system or uh, really get into this movement. And, you know, we both played sports. And so when you think about sports, the people that perform are not the ones that are the fastest, strongest. I mean, that's a trait, but it's the ones that can focus their attention Mm -hmm. in the moment. Yeah. And that's, as you know, that's and be, and be in that flow. Right. And be in the flow. How do you get in the flow? So I I don't think it's possible to be in a flow if you're fragmenting it with, I got to take a picture. I got to send a text. I got to be into this, this state. So as we kind of wrap up this conversation of, can you be with yourself? What are some of your thoughts on what people can do to number one, they got to create self-awareness. Are you in the space that you really could be? Right. I, I don't believe most people are because they're not given the time to do it. Right. I, I think it's comfortable to distract ourselves. Think about COVID. We came in unprepared psychologically and physically mm-hmm. to be with ourselves. Coming out of COVID, I think we just survived and I don't think we really changed anything and everything sped up. So what can people first do to create that awareness of where they're at? Well, I think you said that's number one. Are you really, just if you asked yourself, if you sat for five minutes or 10 minutes, could you do that? Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable doing that once in a while? I mean, you and I both do this. We teach people to breathe for a minute or two. They have a hard time doing that. I'm not talking 10 minutes. I'm talking about one to two minutes. So, and that's a skill. So I think breathing is a really good first step. If you can breathe through your nose, use your diaphragm, slow it down, you do that for one minute, and all you're thinking about is the breath moving in and out. That's it. And what it's going to do, it's going to help calm you, you know, that, that, that mind, relax the body, all that kind of stuff. So breathing is a huge thing. Also, I think people are not putting enough space in their life. They they're overscheduled, and when you're overscheduled, it's hard to create this this stillness. And what, stillness what about when people skill. say they don't have enough time? Well, you just said it five hours on the phone. So it's not about time. It never is about time. It's about intentionality, and so it's really hard. Like I've you've heard this from the stage. You've done it from the stage. But I'll say, hey, imagine if you took a twelve hour electronic break once in a while and they all look at you like what planet are you from there's no way i'm gonna do a 12 hour okay start with a when you're awake start with an hour electronic break but that's they're they're just shocked that charge your phone in your kitchen instead of your bedroom like just try little things to make it easier so you know where is your phone at night how often do you touch your phone where is it i mean pat gillespie was talking today about the sleep sack for the phone you know, when you come to a meeting, put the phone in your sleep sack and you're going to Sleep, be sleeping bag for the sleeping phone. bag for the phone. So so to me, it really becomes with intentional. My breath is a big deal for me. Uh, I, I think one of the things on the phone is. 15 years ago and for the large part of being around, we didn't have a phone so we can survive without a phone. We actually, I think, can thrive without a phone. And but I it can be a tool. Yeah, it's a tool. Like you said, it's not the phone, but it's the tool. And we get such, we're all into habits of using the phone for everything. The list goes on. But you're exactly right. We didn't have a phone um, way back in the day. In fact, you know, I grew up where the phone was attached to the wall. So that was it. You know, and your mom used to yell us, so we, you know, drag oh. the quarter, but we didn't have a phone. So again, that's not, we're not there. We're, we're not going back to that. But it really is awareness like, 
you know, where am I spending my time? And are you feeling like you're, you have enough rejuvenation? And I love that word rejuvenation because I know myself sometimes I just need to have quiet. I don't need to drive home with music on, or sometimes I'll put spa music on, but I don't want to listen to anything. I don't want to listen to talk radio. I don't listen to a podcast. I don't want to listen to anything. I just need to be still. And I think that's a skill that more and more people are really craving, but they don't know how to do it. And that's where it begins. But stillness is, is a skill and it's, it's a practice. It's a practice. It's difficult. It's difficult. You need to carve out space in your day. But it's probably the root pillar for happiness, uh, you know, better sleep, better relationships, better thoughts, creativity. Well, you know, too, again, in our business, sometimes, and again, we're coming back more into travel now, but I remember Dr. Phil said to me one time, he had a, um, a, a, a quiet retreat for 10 days. <laughs> and I was talking to him, he does it in Montana. So imagine no talking for 10 days. And so I was talking about that. And he says, you know, I said, I'm thinking about that. He goes, I don't know if you're ready for that. <laughs> it was like a challenge. And he said, why don't you start out with a 24-hour silent day? And I thought to myself, so how do I do that? And he goes, well, you fly a lot. So when somebody asks you a question, you can respond. But besides that, you're not really engaging. And it was easy to do. And it was amazing. I was seeing stuff in the airport that I would walk by every, you know, every so often. And I never noticed that. Because I was always like, you know, so I think that's a great step for many people is just take a handful of hours and be intentional about not talking, only listening, but watching. Your but your time is so valuable. Why, why are you going to do nothing? Because it's the way to help me be better. Yeah, and I think that's the key. I, th I think when you say, okay, what's the problem with not being able to be with yourself? <laughs> Everything else is going to be harder. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why we wanted to talk about this. You know, there's so many aspects to mental health. There's so many aspects to the nervous system. You know, the food we eat, the way we move, the way that we talk to ourselves. These things all intertwine. It's not just in isolation. And so the last podcast I talked about eating for better mental health. It's not going to cure mental health. But it's going to help with some signaling, some communication. Well, you know, when we, when we started pivoting to doing you know, virtual when the pandemic first arrived. I remember you talking a lot about m mental health and immune system, whatever, but we kept coming back to the answer's always in you. It's in your body. Get back into your body, whether it's eating, whether it's breathing, sleeping, spacing. But when you get back to the body, that's the magic. I mean, you think about all the mental health medications today, and again, our role is not that, but how do they work? You know, how do they work? Well, if you can understand the benefit of serotonin, the opposite of serotonin is dopamine. So if dopamine's always on, your serotonin is probably going to be hurting. And serotonin is what they're trying to, you know, uptake, uptake in the brain. So you can see you have this opposing things. Well, the first step is to calm the mind, relax the body. And if we can start doing that and get some daily movement and start eating a little bit better and get some sunlight now mental health starts getting better and better. So when you're thinking about can you be with yourself, and as we wrap up, I think, you know, thinking about Forrest Gump, if you like movies, I just find that to be he's very content with being Forrest Gump. He's okay with his emotions. He's okay with his fears. He's okay with his 
um, you know, challenges, his lack of abilities. And that's, I think, something that we're drastically missing in our culture when we're constantly thinking about, I could do better, this person's in a better spot, or, oh my gosh, they look better, fitter, I got to keep up. So it's a constant battle. Let me, let me share one last thing here. So way back in the day, Dr. Phil Nuremberger and I and, and Matthew Cross were doing this training. And Dr. Phil had this exercise, and it was a three-minute, three minutes listening exercise. And I remember it like yesterday. And I, Dr. Phil gave me the grumpiest guy in the room because everybody else had a partner. And you had to tell a story, but you couldn't respond for three minutes. Now, these were all financial advisors. They're really good at talking. They're really good at talking. And a whole bunch of them, you told the story, and then you had to kind of recite the story. And most of them couldn't do it, not the first time they did it. So it really hit them along the way that they didn't really know how to listen because they always had the chatter in their mind. And his whole premise was, if you want to be a better financial advisor, better parent, better spouse, better whatever, you have to have the skill to learn how to listen. And a big part of that is learning how to calm the mind. So he had a, he had a practice, and then he had the science behind it, and it was like gold. I'm like, wow, this is so engaging because he's saying, hey, how to become a better financial advisor, how to become a better you know, uh, significant other spouse, parent, whatever it is. But first, you have to understand how the nervous system works, and then you need to train it. And that was the three-minute listening exercise. So sorry I interrupted. I wasn't. I listened for three minutes. Uh, so as we wrap up, I think the quote you said is what I want to leave the um, listeners with is the time we love to waste is not wasted time. We're in a society that's fearful of boredom. Um, I see it in my kids. I see it in myself. I see it in my clients that it feels unproductive if we're just in idle. But I think we got to get back closer to this point as we're spending close to five hours on our phones and it's getting closer to passing the amount of time that we're sleeping. So the time we love to waste is not wasted time. And as we continue this kind of series around mental health, we'll be back next week with another um, topic on mental health. But if you need anything, uh, have any questions, any comments, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at info at Have a great day, and we'll see you again next time.